This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. It doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. That's a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> I'm Victor. I'm Max. And I'm Kitty. <laughs> and this is our weekly podcast, Hounds of Horror, where we get together and talk about horror movies and stuff. Um and such. And stuff. Mm-hmm. And like things. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, I... last week I edited uh, Paranormal Activity, our last podcast, and we say like so many times. So and we all do it. So tonight, while we record, every time one of us says like, myself included, I'm going to screech right into the microphone. Do Wait, do I get to do it to you even when you're referencing the word like? No, that's not the same. Okay. Just making sure I understand the rules here. It would be like... <laughs> it would be as though... <laughs> yes, that's that's better. It would be as though thusly... In such a situation, the example would be... It would be similar to <laughs> Say it out uh, like that. It's so much better. That makes us sound it like assholes. It sounds better, but we sound really pretentious. <laughs> we are pretentious. That's something we talked about last week. We're, we're pretentious enough to think that we could have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and just audacious enough to do it. So, With audacity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right just a little bit of housekeeping stuff very first of all you can reach us at hounds of horror pod at gmail.com send us complaints send us things about errors that we've made while speaking send us nude no don't send us nudes i'm kidding please don't send us nudes um well uh, <laughs> hey you don't speak for all of us i don't think <laughs> No, because what's going to happen is we're going to get a shit ton of dick pics, and that's it. And I don't want that. <laughs> Give us some variety, is what is I think is what my co-host is saying. Like, we don't want all dick. It'd be nice to get some, you know, some butt, um, you know. Some, some... TV and A. Sure. I, mm-hmm. I'm all right with that. I, you know. So, also, you can follow us on instagram and on facebook same thing hounds of horror pod and well i think on facebook we're actually hounds of horror podcast let me shift into my microphone a little bit that's not a euphemism it's not microphones work best when they are shoved right up in your crotch i find (laughs) that you were gonna say right up your asshole (laughs) also not a euphemism oh that too Quick, let's finish the podcast while he's gone. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine? He comes back and he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> just when he when he walks back in the room, just start talking about um our our, our ratings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this week we watched Sinister. Sinister. Voted by science. To be the world's scariest movie. We'll have to find that article. <laughs> yeah, I'll share it on our Facebook page. Uh, do you? Did you find that article? 
We're going to find that article. Okay. I can't find that article, but um, <laughs> it was apparently by science uh, the scariest movie ever made. Now I can't, I can't tell you how much I disagree with that. <laughs> um, I think there's much much scarier movies, and I, I don't know exactly what the parameters of the test was, but. Uh, I, I think there's some lurking variables they didn't take into consideration. Lurking variables. I love that is an amazing name for a band. I think lurking that, variables. that the scientist that was hired was hired by whatever station has exclusive streaming rights to make people buy their streaming service. It's an inside job. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So moving on. <laughs> Uh, who was in it? So we have Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also Jake in Training Day. He was James Sandon in The Purge. He was Nikola Tesla in a movie called Tesla, and I kind of want to oh. see that now. Yeah, yeah that, I didn't know that, that sounds fun. Yeah, um, wasn't he um, in an Old West movie recently? There is one here called uh, The Good Lord Bird. I think it's called. And he plays John Brown. The good oh. Lord Bird. I think good so. That's Interesting. Okay. Says. He just he fits really well in that setting. I don't yeah. know why. I just I saw him in in that getup with the hat on and everything and like the worn suit and everything and like I looked at him and I was like that fits really well. He yeah I'm seeing like I think this is him in the picture. It looks pretty good. Yeah. So I mean Ethan Hawke, you know, yeah. prolific actor. You don't say. I do say, and we also have Juliet Rylance, and I don't think I've seen her in anything else. Rylance or Rylance? Rylance. Interesting. Okay. Rylance. Yep. Uh, Juliet Rylance. Uh, oh, I I was told to watch this movie. It's called A Dog's Purpose. I've heard it's very sad. Yes. Mm. Um, uh, she plays Ethan's mom in A Dog's Purpose. Oh, she has a That's, beautiful accent. She does. I really, really appreciated her accent. She does have a a good a good a good. Yeah, I don't really <clears throat> see. It, she's credited in credited credited. There we go. Credited in Sinister Two as Tracy Oswald, but I don't. Oh, probably I like mean, flashbacks. I'm assuming. <laughs> probably, maybe. yeah. It would have to be. Am I right? <laughs> spoilers. Which, by the way, uh, listeners, if you haven't already watched this movie <laughs> and you don't want spoilers, then you should go and watch the movie before listening to this podcast. Otherwise, if you don't care about spoilers, carry on. Uh, if you don't want spoilers, you shouldn't hear or see anything in the world. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if I said this before, so if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry, but. I want to say this because it's the ultimate spoiler, and I want to be part of that now. Uh, Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Soze. <laughs> uh, it's the best spoiler. And what's funny is that someday someone will watch that movie and they'll get to the end of the movie and be like, "Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about." <laughs> they won't even know it's a spoiler until after it's over. I literally have no idea what you're talking. About. <laughs> 
just just know, Kitty, that Kevin Spacey is, in fact, Kaiser Soze. Mm-hmm. All right. Whatever movie you guys are talking about, you have to, like, sneak it in Usual somewhere. Usual suspects. So that I didn't know that I was watching the movie that the spoiler was from. <laughs> you just said it. Well, then it's not a spoiler. Okay, anyway. Anyway. Who else was in it, Max? <laughs> um, uh, the kids were in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kids were. <laughs> I really don't feel like looking up their stuff. I. I, uh... That's fine, but I mean, can you tell me has the the deputy been in anything else? Because I actually really liked him a lot. He was. I can tell you for sure. He was in Sinister Two. Oh, actually, okay. I've seen Sinister Two, and now I don't remember how they're referencing the Oswalds in that movie. Oh, uh, he was also in It Chapter Two. Hmm. He was Eddie Casbrook in that. He was in Generation Kill. SEAL team. Oh, that's fun. What we found. <laughs> I'd love it if that was a joke title and it was uh, like him training a, a team of SEALs. Where were we at? Oh yeah, the deputy. Um, he yes. is fantastic. <laughs> and yeah. the second Sinister is not that great of a movie, but mm. he plays the same exact character in that movie. <laughs> I would assume and, so. And like, he's also excellent in that. He was too. <laughs> credited as ex- Deputy so-and-so. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. Deputy so-and-so. Um, there were three of these movies. Am I, am I right about that? Yep. Okay. I don't know. Um, okay. So that is who was in it. Uh, did we already go through who directed it? I I know. <laughs> Not this time. It was directed by Scott Derrickson. And it was written by Scott Derrickson and Robert Cargill. Cargill. Okay. Interesting. Okay. It, it's Ooh. interesting if you know who they are i guess um uh, i was being polite i have no oh. concern at all about that because i don't know who they are and i'm not one of those people who looks into um a huge number of people <laughs> cast and crew and directors on the movie i'm sorry i'm just not that kind of person so, i also don't like baseball stats there were two things that i wanted to also note um a guy by the name of ozzy alvarez did the special effects makeup for mr boogie which was good and the co-supervising sound editor was paul hackner um Mm. and dame davis did the sound design so okay why Um, are we going into this detail because it's important to us yeah we'll we'll get into it a little bit here um Um, okay also i mean oh god i was just gonna say it was not mr boogie it was bagul no it, the kids called him Mr. Boogie. Yeah. Oh, they did. They did call him Mr. Boogie. Which, where'd they come up with? Anyway. Um, so, I don't have a phobia, but I do have something else that I think will be far more fun. So, Catoptrophobia. <laughs> <laughs> um, Max, I-, I would like to engage with you in a, uh, a multiple choice questionnaire about oh. the movie Feast. See, final answer. I mean, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, <laughs> All right, so there will be questions three. Um, questions three. And is, each... it, wait, is it multiple choice or multiple questions? Both. <laughs> okay. 
There will be three questions, and each one is multiple choice. So we're going to start. We're going to start with... Why does it have to be about Feast? Because I think it's fun. Okay, just continue, (laughs) please. (laughs) So, who is responsible, ultimately, for Feast being made because they were the company that funded it through a project called Greenlight, which was an HBO special where they were taking small filmmakers and giving them a chance to enter into a competition with their short films to eventually get their movie funded and the winners were the creators of feast was it a matt damon and ben affleck b george clooney and michael keaton or c patrick stewart and ian mckellen i'd have to say a matt damon and uh ben affleck you are correct so score one for max Question number two. All right. (laughs) How many sequels were there to the movie Feast? Was it A, zero, B, one, or C, two? I'm going to have to go with A, zero. No, it was in fact C. There have been two sequels to Feast. (laughs) Were they called like Feast 2 and Feast 3? Yeah, it was like Feast Afterlife or something like that. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't bother because I'll, I'll never watch them. <laughs> I picked A because I was hoping there were none. <laughs> I knew you would. But no, they look and everything that I can find says that they are god awful. Like they're they're truly terrible. So I'm sorry. That was incorrect. There is, in fact, two sequels to Feast. All, All right. right. Here's your final question. The creative team behind Feast is now in control creatively of a movie franchise. Which franchise is it? Is it A? the conjuring franchise b the saw franchise or c the predator franchise uh b saw franchise you are correct and with mul- like more right questions than wrong you gain my respect that's it i got that's 66 percent. that's 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 pretty good c minus i think <laughs> yeah that's two out of three i mean that that's good so there you go there's some uh, some information i learned about saw that i was not intended to learn about saw it was actually from Two different sources, and I had nothing to do with each other, and they just happened to, or uh, Feast, and they just happened to be talking about Feast, and I found out those little tidbits. Um, the first one about Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, I already knew. But anyway, so there's that for you. <laughs> so you did that instead of a phobia. Uh, yeah, because I couldn't figure out a phobia, and I thought this would be more fun, because I like torturing you. I can't say I'm super pleased with my co-host at the moment, but because, um, I mean, it could have been multiple choice about anything besides feast so it could have been i mean but it you're wasn't. not wrong but it could have been anything what's in my pocket currently a a pen b the ring of doom oh, all right well that, i mean that was fun i guess sure. <laughs> all right well let's finally get into this freaking movie let's talk so, about the movie so it starts off with a trope not Catoptrophobia, but yeah, a trope. Just a trope. Well, yeah. explain. They're moving into a new house. Oh, that's, well, that's not where it starts. That's not how it starts. It starts out with the home video of someone sawing the tree branch and hanging four people. No, yeah, I forgot about that. Which I keep watching it over and over again, and something about the way the physics are working in that scene don't work right. Like my brain keeps telling me it it doesn't look right. Like they get eh, you said like. So I keep watching that scene over and over again, 
and I feel as though there's something wrong with the physics in that scene, because while I'm watching it, I feel as though they're moving too quickly, or slowly, or something. Well said. Thank you. (laughs) And I agree. I don't, uh, I can't put my finger on exactly what I think is wrong, but I I don't, I mean, it's, it's fine. Okay. (laughs) Fine. But I do, uh, it's a good start. It's a good solid start for me. It is. It's it's a very disturbing image, um, re- regardless of whether or not it was uh, the physics worked out. It's, it is very disturbing. Um, it certainly yeah. brings you in right away. Yeah. Yeah. A, a presumably family of four and somebody using the weight of a tree branch to hold them up. Yeah. And- Fairly clever. I'll have to give them that. <laughs> That had to be a heavy tree branch. A heavy, heavy tree branch with maybe. I was thinking about that. Attached to it. Well, okay. How much? Let's see. Dad probably weighs one eighty. Mom, like one fifty, one sixty. So you're looking at like five hundred pounds. Damn it. You're looking at around five hundred pounds. Roughly. Exactly. You're looking at around five hundred pounds. Uh. And that was a rather sizable tree branch. So. I mean, those are, can be very, very, very heavy. They can like, be. Damn it. <sighs> Smashing car heavy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just understood what you were saying. Um, but yes, that that is, uh, it's a good way to start it. And I, it certainly pulls me into the movie. But Kitty is correct. It does start with a trope afterwards where they are moving into a new house. It does. It continues with a trope, I suppose. However... They do not follow that trope up with another trope where they have sex on the first night of moving in. It's like multiple nights later. Mm, yes. Much more realistic. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so. I, do they get it on in this movie? I don't think they did. They insinuate that they do at one point. But it's very, very PG-13. Sexual insinuendo. Yep, yeah. It's like. <laughs> Thank you. I made a new word and I think it sounds great. <laughs> it's as though. They were considering talking about maybe having sex later. Copulation. <laughs> they texted about it once. Horizontal refreshment. <laughs> um, so they move into the house and then on top of that they also have the trope of like... They also have the trope of the kids going all slammy slammy rage monster about I don't want to live here, I want to go home. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I don't know why I said Slimy Slimy Rage Monster and then whined like a two year old, but also a good band name, just saying. Slimy Slimy Rage, rage Monster. Give it up for Slimy Slimy Rage Monster. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> like a barbarian that like <laughs> <laughs> They cover Rage Against the Machine songs. <laughs> that would be very fitting. <laughs> but they're all Muppets. Um, so I just want to point out if you go into your attic and you find a weird box there that you can't account for and it has a non-native venomous species inside of it you should probably get that looked at because there's a good chance that there's more of them and I would be more concerned about that I mean scorpions are kind of a big deal you don't find them very far past like Arizona. Uh, you don't find them very f- far past, I believe, Arizona. <laughs> I 
they they certainly do not come native to King County, Pennsylvania. That, that, that is where this took place, right? King yes. County, PA. Uh, I yep. believe. I yeah, I certainly don't believe scorpions <laughs> live that far north. I, Especially not one that size. That thing was massive. That was, that was an emperor huge. scorpion for sure. Uh, <laughs> And they are venomous, but they are docile as well, mostly. <laughs> I do. I love how he just drops the box. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it. He also finds a snake later on. Much later, but that yeah. That I'm 90% sure is not native to Pennsylvania. So. Kind of looked like a water moccasin, maybe. No, I, I'm pretty sure it was a, a coral snake. Might have been a type of coral. It did not well, seem small enough. But yeah, you wouldn't get coral snakes very far inland. Okay. <laughs> oh. Of course. Now, I, hopefully, we have some marine biologists listening to the podcast. <laughs> Send us an email. Like, well, excuse me, but coral snakes do live. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I have one blah, in my blah. basement. <laughs> <laughs> I had to drop a box on it. <laughs> uh. They they are moving their boxes in. Oh, the- I think the scorpion thing happened after uh, he talks to uh, Sheriff So-and-so. Just really quick, uh, the snake that is in Sinister is a king snake. And you can identify them as a non-venomous snake mm. by doing the rhyme, red on yellow, dangerous fellow. And that I remember that before, the uh, the way the stripes go, there's, there's two different kinds, and mm-hmm. one of them is venomous and one of them is not. And it all goes by their color pattern. Also, venomous snakes. How about you just treat them all like they're all venomous? How about you just stay the <laughs> fuck away from snakes? <laughs> just leave them be. <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, the the cops are standing outside of their house, just kind of gawking at them, and the sheriff pulls up and is like, "What's going on around here?" And <laughs> you always give law enforcement officers the most ridiculous <laughs> southern accent. Like prospector. Smoking like for forty five years, prospector sheriff. <laughs> what Weird are you doing? sunglasses, belt buckle, <laughs> spitting out tobacco or spitting out chew before but every sentence. This sheriff was the antithesis of that. <laughs> he, was, was. he was very well spoken, very eloquent, uh, <laughs> and I really liked him. To be honest with you, like he, uh, I did too. He was a very decent uh, feller. Well, he seemed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he. Very much had the cast of an elderly gentleman without being, uh, elderly, like, decrepit. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I said like, you did. It's hard, but we're we're getting there. I mean, we are we're getting a good grip on it this time. This may actually take longer to edit than just editing the likes out of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> but um, it's about changing our speech patterns, so we can deal with it for a couple episodes. Wait a minute. <clears throat> I, well, I haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, well, I'll be dipped. In what? Um, um, creme fraiche, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. This guy, Fred, Freddie Dalton Thompson, the sheriff, uh, was also a United States senator from Tennessee. Oh, wow. That's... What? Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm... I shit you not. That's pretty, that's pretty so amazing. So he probably doesn't really talk like this in real life? No, probably not. <laughs> no. Stop doing that. I'll call the police. He was an attorney, a lobbyist, and an actor. Wow. Um, 
What a uh, career. He served in the Senate from 1994 to 2003. And then he just decided, I'm going to be in a horror movie. I guess so. I mean, that was probably his agent that decided that and asked him, and he was like, yeah. I mean, he was... The Hunt for Red October, <laughs> Die Hard 2. Uh, you can't say it like that. You have to say, The Hunt for Red October. Red October, standing by. <laughs> Simply Red, standing by. <laughs> so, they're unloading their uh, boxes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, there he finds the thing upstairs and makes it very clear that he's very much driven by trying to get this book made and it's going to be his, you know, their next shot or, you know, the big thing or well, whatever. Slightly before mm. this, the sheriff gives us a little uh, foreshadowing. Yes. Because when he leaves, he tells, uh, um, shit, what's his name? Deputy so and so. No, 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 no. Ellison. Um, Ellison. Ellison. Mm. Uh, which I like that name a lot. Hmm. It's actually a, a nice um, name, Ellison. It sounds like a writer name. Uh, it does. It does. Uh, he's telling him basically they don't want any trouble from him in regards to the crime that just happened, and you know whatever. But then as he leaves, he points at the house and says, "And I find this to be an extremely poor taste." Yeah. And that's like, huh, what's he talking about? Yes. He also <laughs> says something that I kind of want to know a little bit more about. He talks about Kentucky Blood, and he says that uh, it was a, a good book. Um, or he gives him some kind of praise about Kentucky Blood. But then he brings up a different book, and immediately Ellison starts getting defensive. And he's like, that wasn't my fault. Like, I just wrote the truth. And he was like, he, <laughs> I caught it. I caught it. He... Uh, I- I apologize. You guys are going to be irritated with me by the end of this podcast because I'm not going to stop making my beeps. Yes. By the end of the podcast, we will be. You're right. <laughs> um, Sorry. I mean, I, I like didn't mean to offend you. Were you being facetious just now? Yes. Okay. I can't tell because you're an asshole. But you're our asshole. I am. So he tells him, he says something positive about Kentucky Blood and then he brings up another book and he very obviously states that Ellison's writing caused a guilty man to go free and kill again. And Ellison immediately gets defensive. He's like, that wasn't my fault, whatever. And I kind of want to know more about that. Like, I kind of want to know more about that. I'm interested to, boy. to hear more <laughs> of that story. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he called out the police on their shoddy police work. Were you trying not to say like? It's really hard. No, I was trying to think of what I wanted to say. He did, though, um, call police out on their shoddy work, but Mm. I guess the sheriff's of the opinion, he's also done shoddy work. Well, I think that him calling the police out was at the expense of setting free a guilty man. And so he seems like the type of sheriff that is like, well, I think that anybody who is guilty should stay behind bars, even if it was done incorrectly. Which isn't how the criminal justice system is supposed to work, but, you know. It's not. It's, well, it's complicated. Yes, let's it talk. is. It's an ethical issue. Like, it, it, it's really hard to say, but then, like, whenever you start cutting corners, you know, for the right reasons, what's to stop you from cutting corners for the wrong reasons, so... Mm. Mm. but yep. it's a slippery slope when you start cutting corners 
<laughs> I, I cut that out of the last podcast, so <laughs> our listeners won't be like, oh, I don't even know what they're talking about. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, let's move on then. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, well, there's two words that we said we were going to stop doing is anyway and um. <laughs> But let's work on them all, why don't we? <laughs> anyway, yeah, we should. Even if it takes a long time to record this, we should try and get it right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, they're in the house, getting unpacked, and so, he sets up his his office, which I'm jealous of, by the way. It's a pretty nice office. It is a nice office. It's pretty, a nice office. It's a good size, and it's it's very nice. It has good lighting, despite the fact that he doesn't use it Got a big, heavy later. desk. Yes. Which I presume he brought with him, but I don't know. Oh, uh, his wife also asks him if they're moving oh, into God. a house that's two houses down from a horrible murder. And he says no. Yeah. And he says no. And I just, he's an it's asshole. just awfully reminiscent of paranormal activity. <laughs> <laughs> Look, honey, so, you didn't... Right, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, that, 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 I didn't move us into the house where people were murdered. I just moved us into a house where people were murdered. <laughs> I move us in next door God. i moved us into the house <laughs> right if you are the kind of partner that makes those kinds of arguments and uses those kinds of loopholes you are an asshole to the highest order <laughs> like forget i said like <laughs> all right so he's getting into looking at this footage and the one thing that he does it's really smart but it doesn't do right away is he sets up his handy cam next to the old Super 8 projector and starts recording the footage in real time, which would be the quickest and probably most efficient way to record that footage um, or to transpose it into a, a digital format. He doesn't do that right away. And unfortunately, that kind of comes back to, well, it doesn't come back to bite him. It, I guess. Does footage... it come back to haunt him? <laughs> <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> He, he starts doing it because the footage gets burned, which makes sense because there's like a light bulb in there that's shining onto the filament. Is there the, like a light bulb in there or is there just a light bulb in there? It's as though there's a, I believe the construction of these projectors, there's a light bulb that shines light through the film as it's passing in front of it, which is what gives you the projected onto a, a lens that projects it onto the wall. So if you pause that very highly flammable and very, uh, thermal reactive uh, it's like crazy flammable. film it's Damn like it. yeah <laughs> it, what i meant to say was it is crazy flammable it is and you would assume that it would melt like that so it makes sense it just happens at the worst time i have a question though. Okay. did the machine burn it or did the ghost burn it it's awfully coincidental it does, it is, but it I'm is, pretty yeah. sure the machine burned it because that can happen uh, if you quote pause Super Eight film, then it's just hanging out in front of the light, and that light gets really hot. Okay. Yeah, it's almost like also, someone was I don't making think that it matters point. That the film burned. He was all worried about it, and if he just waited a day, it would have come back a hole. Right? <laughs> yeah, apparently. I, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> would he just be able to put it back and get that same frame that he burned up the day before, Mister Boogie? apparently just has like a ton of copies sitting around <laughs> yes um i also i'm uh, here's a question um the original super 8 film did not have audio 
But they said in the early 70s, 73, I think they introduced uh, a form of Super 8 that could record audio on like a magnetic, on a magnetic strip uh, okay. included with the film. Uh, these videos he's watching, is there sound coming out of them? Or is it just supposed to be in our heads or Ellison's head? I, can you answer that for me? I believe that it's part of the sound design. I don't think that it's sound coming from the film itself. I believe that it's supposed to be us inferring what Ellison is feeling and what he's seeing. Because there are multiple points where there's a loud sound that doesn't make sense and wouldn't fit with that. It's just like a the rushing sound before someone gets their throat slit or gets pulled into a pool or something. Like, there is no sound. No, I'm pretty sure that he it, it's on the... Oh. the film because there's one point where he stops it very abruptly and it's just the way that it's set up in the movie it stops in such a way that makes you think that it's actually part of the huh. device oh. maybe then but the issue okay. is that the first murder happened in 1966 if you're saying it wasn't until 1973 then that's kind of a problem Continuity. i believe that's what i read it is also a movie uh <laughs> And my third note here, after my second one, which says, I like the sheriff, because I like the sheriff. Mm -hmm. uh, it says, uh, I like when the sound changes in the films. Yes. Which I thought were silent. Um, but there, it's got the same creepy vibe that just maintains like stress throughout the whole movie. Like uh, You're watching these films. And, you know, they're they're barbecuing, fishing, having fun. And then it changes to the pre-murder part of the film. And the one of these, it, it sounds like they're in a dark cathedral or something. Like, just with evil monks, like, doing a, an evil chant of some kind. Yeah, there it's, is... It's very... very some kind of, like, music. A ceremony type sound going on in the background it yep. reminded me a little bit of the intro theme music to american horror story some of the I've yeah never seen american horror the story. low bass like you should watch rolls. just watch the theme song at some point because the theme song is really good okay and also listen to it i guess well yeah watch watch the theme song <laughs> um put the captions on but that is the reason that Kitty was very specifically calling out the sound designers because we very much appreciated and I said multiple times as we were watching the movie that the sound design in this movie is really, really well done. It It is absolutely essential to creating that feeling of dread. I agree. So props to them. Yes. Whatever their names were, I already forgot them. You are Not heroes. Not props. That's a different set person. <laughs> so. Yes, I'm very clever. Chords to them. The f was it the first night that they were? <laughs> <laughs> this kid plays peekaboo with them. Yeah, we're <laughs> Jack in the Box. <laughs> that, makes it, that makes it sound so innocent. I, uh, well, I would tell you what, I was not scared of this part at all. Like, it was totally ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, I agree. I don't know. So <laughs> I have questions. It was the first night, right? Like he was watching the um the films and... it might have been the second night i don't remember for sure but it was first okay. or second it was pretty early on and so he <laughs> he 
hears a noise down the hallway and he goes out and he starts walking and <laughs> his kid, Trevor, pops up out of the box and does this weird backbendy thing out of the box. And so my question is, did they cast him because they were like, hey, we need you to do this thing. Are you capable of doing it? Or were they on set one day and he was like, hey, watch me do this backbend. And then they were like, we can use that. <laughs> I don't know. All I can tell you is I find it completely ridiculous that someone would sleepwalk themselves into a box and then do the stupid backwards I'm possessed by a demon crawl and weird modulated scream out of a box. Like, I, sorry, I mean, not like, just... um in general in, in in general that thing it was stupid <laughs> it's just stupid well are we supposed to assume that that was just a coincidence or is that legitimately him getting some kind of weird vibe from the house because they said he hasn't had night terrors in a long time it was never this bad so is he picking up on some kind of ghostly energy from the house or getting some kind of premonitions or whatever or is it just a coincidence was his sister going into his room and poking him with a knife in her sleep <laughs> It, oh. it doesn't matter. Nobody sleepwalks themselves into a box. <laughs> I will say it wasn't into a box. I, I sleptwalked one time. Sleptwalk? Sleptwalk? Sleepwalked? I walked in my sleep one time. I walked myself into our dark, creepy-ass fucking basement, and I was convinced in my dream that my cousins were putting hay in the basement so that they could put a horse in there, and I was going down to tell them they couldn't do that because horses can't be inside, guys. So I went downstairs and I was like, guys, you can't. And I woke up and it was the scariest fucking thing that's ever happened to me because I didn't know where I was. And legitimately, it's just like it happens in the movies. It legitimately was the same thing where the exact same frame that was that was lit in daylight was suddenly black, like the exact same thing that I was looking at. And it was terrifying. And I just screamed. I just screamed and screamed until somebody got me. I don't even remember who it was. I just screamed. It was awful. And then I, I don't remember what happened after that, honestly. I sleepwalked. Your brother probably heard it and just like rolled over and was like, eh, this is my problem. Shut his door. <laughs> threw a blanket on me. <laughs> Go back to bed, Victor. I sleepwalked one time and it was to ask my mom for a permission slip. I was 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I go to the world? Whatever, honey. Are you on drugs? Can I have some? I'm pretty sure I... The last time I slept, well, it was like, it was not like, it was 13 years ago. Uh, I, I think I microwaved a bag of popcorn. Wow. Because there was a super black bag of popcorn <laughs> in the microwave the next day. And nobody could account for it, so I'm pretty sure it was my fault. You hit the roast beef button instead of the popcorn button. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yes, ridiculous scene. It wasn't even laying on the right side. <laughs> well... <laughs> What do you expect? <laughs> I feel like you're grading your own like sleepwalk performance. You're like, wasn't on the right side. Didn't hit the right button. Picked extra butter. I like crispy. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so. Not there. anyway, so. Just continue. Moving forward. Ah. 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 <laughs> what am I? <laughs> Welcome. What are you reviewing? <laughs> so they weren't even in their house for a full day yet, moving back just a little bit. Mm. And they, <laughs> the little girl's in her room 
what's her name? Samantha? <laughs> I'm calling her Samantha. And okay, that's fine. I don't remember what her name is. <laughs> Just call her girl. And Ellison walks into her room. And she's just, like, drawing on the walls. Oh, right. And then you find out that that was, like, acceptable? Yeah, they make kind of a weird deal about it. Yeah. Like, they act well, like it's not. Well, they, yeah, they they don't really say anything about it right in that moment. They're just like, oh. She's allowed to paint on her bedroom walls, but right. no yes. other walls in the house. But I, I appreciate that. that. Reasonable, yeah. I guess. At that specific moment, they don't really say anything about it yeah they just kind of leave it alone yeah i mean i don't think we need everything spoon-fed to us whenever they're doing that kind of stuff so i i don't mind it like, i guess they wouldn't like it's okay. i guess they <laughs> they wouldn't in a discussion with each other say something to the effect of oh drawing on the walls again <laughs> oh sorry now Kitty, you... I'll, I'll do it in the way you want drawing on the walls again <laughs> i was gonna say you gotta go in there and hitch up your belt buckle and you draw on the walls there, young lady. You don't need some new crayons. <laughs> what we got here is a failure to communicate. I found this color for you. It's called Burnt Sienna. <laughs> That's from Cool Hand Luke, by the way, which is a good movie. Now we're all afraid to talk. Saying, I was going to say, is anybody saying something? Or we're all afraid. Not? <laughs> we're all just pointing finger guns at each other. <laughs> Waiting for someone to say something so we can yell before it. Say something like, uh, um, anyway, so. Um, anyway, so. Um, but like, uh, anyway, so. <laughs> um, but like, anyway, so. That co- that rolls off the tongue. Too bad I call it. <laughs> um, but like, anyway, so. That's how they start every song. <laughs> um, but like, anyway, so. Wow. <laughs> so here's my thinking. Why would... Uh, I get that he's desperate for a new book. I get that he is like, I get that he is desperate for fame. I get that he's driven by this insatiable need for popularity and validation because he feels like, because he feels as though his life doesn't have meaning, which is a really shitty thing to say later on. But anyway. But they're also broke. But they're also broke. Yeah, apparently. Which, which is his justification for buying that house. Yeah, it was. It was a steal. We've never been this broke before. (laughs) So, how much did you have before buying the house? Then they made a killing with their savings. (laughs) Oh no, that's in poor taste. (laughs) (laughs) Buying this house at this price is like getting away with murder. (laughs) Ah. Yep. <laughs> However, any normal, rational, decent, 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 decent people make sound. <laughs> so any decent person would have found those tapes and thought, oh my God, this is some horrible serial killer that's left this behind who's been making home movies of his victims for years. <laughs> Left an incredible amount of evidence behind. <laughs> Which also would have freaked you the fuck out. Like, I would have been terrified to find someone's trophy chest in my attic. My point is that he could have very easily made a copy of all of those videos, given them to the police, and worked really hard on his book and had it done probably before they even had any kind of press conference in like in roughly a week or two. 
maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm making assumptions about his writing process, but still, a decent human being would and should have seen these horrible images and been compelled to give it to the police. And there's a scene where that happens. I get he calls, but loses his nerve or decides that he's on the biggest story ever and it's, it's going to be you know movie deal and and you know amusement park and whatever else <laughs> oh god that would be a horrible amusement park oh no <gasps> that was his thing he wanted to make sure that he got this big story or whatever and he saw like he saw a medal or something I'm so proud of you both. What did he <laughs> What did he see? What is going on with my thumb? Oh, he was um uh, it was like a what plaque was he looking at under his book. It was, was it like a plaque or was it just a plaque? It was I believe some type of trophy or award for being on the best sellers list of the New York Times. I think it was too. It um, was tantamount to a plaque. <laughs> which could also be called a plaque. <laughs> But he, he he wanted to write the best book ever. If we and don't with leave our evidence <laughs> If we don't leave our context in the beginning of this and then leave in some of our but like but was it like things <laughs> people are gonna be so confused. As though they wouldn't be otherwise. <laughs> There's a meme of uh Robin Hood from the Disney animated movie where he has the cloak on and he has a cup and He's begging, and it says, please may I have a crumb of context, and I feel like that's what our listeners will. Oh, yes. (laughs) No, you may not. You can fumble in the dark like the rest of us. I'll put that up on our Instagram. (laughs) Okay. So, moving forward. He does not hand in evidence, and he looks at the plaque, and thinks this is his last chance to make the best thing mm, the best and he holds on to that for a very long time at least three days <laughs> at least <laughs> uh. so why would you not watch all of the films immediately if you're gonna watch most of them why not watch all of them why does he wait like three days to watch that last one could you stomach watching that many murders at one time i don't know that i could stomach watching any of them but i'm saying that the kind of person who would watch all of them would watch three (laughs) of them would probably watch four i guess so the first one that he watches is the one with the cars right no um after the hanging one well after yeah i think he watches them no i think it's the drowning Uh, oh because that's when the tape burns or the film burns up because he pauses it on Bagool's face as he's in the water. I thought, Bagool, yeah, that's right. Bagool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bagool. Which Bagool. We've seen creepier monsters, but he's not bad. He's not bad at all. It, he's not. Um, but it really seems like a job for the Winchester brothers. It, yeah, he doesn't seem <laughs> I all that. Say that it sounded like a job for Javier Bertet. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, everything is a job for him. I mean, he would have done fine in this movie. I don't see why not. <laughs> uh, Bagul looks like he might have been played by... Is it The Undertaker? <laughs> he look- You mean The Wrestler? Yeah. He's got that physicality to him. Like He's just kind of big and imposing, but doesn't do anything. He didn't look that big and imposing 
to me. Oh, maybe. I mean, he he looked very tall. He was played by Nicholas King. Let me see. Oh, oh, that's my. It might have stats on him on Wikipedia. It might have stats. Get a stat sheet out. What's his movement speed? Did you say boob speed? (laughs) Yes. What's his boob speed? (laughs) How fast can he motorboat? I said. Kitty said, "Get his. He might have stats on Wikipedia." So I made a joke about D and D and said, "What's his movement speed?" Uh, not terribly fast. Very similar to an adult human male. He's my age. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> oh my gosh, it is really snowing out there. Yeah, it is. It's scary. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's loud. I can hear it. Like, <laughs> like not like just. I can hear it through the window. It's as though the snowflakes are throwing themselves against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seriously, let's get back on track. I'm trying to figure out how tall he is. Okay, well, you look into that. He looks like a, a member of the band Slipknot. A little yes. bit, yeah. Yes, he does. That's really, really insightful, Max, I agree. He looks like he's about to bang a keg drum with a baseball bat. He finds the tapes. He doesn't tell the police. He thinks about it, but he greed gets the better of his conscience. And it's he not, It's not greed. I mean it kind it is, of is, but he he is also a firm believer in justice. I forget which scene sets that up. But I don't know. I think someone's asking about his morality. Oh, um he was he was doing the talk show with his, with his, uh, after Kentucky Blood. Yeah. And they're like, why'd you do it? You know, was it for fame and money or was it for justice? And he thinks about it. He's like, it was for justice. So he falls asleep each night drinking whiskey and watching himself on an old talk show with possibly the worst hairstyle that I've ever seen. God, this sounds like my life. Yeah, like, how much money did he make from that book? And how long has it been since he made another book? Because this... Ten years. Is that... So how old is his son? Kentucky Blood was 10 years ago. I guess his son was about two. Yeah. Oh, his son had already been born. Okay. Well, because one of the interviews, they ask him if he, if he's ready to settle down and start a family. Oh, yeah. So it must have been either before Kentucky Blood or... His last book was 10 years ago, but Kentucky Blood, I think, was his first book. Okay, that's right. Because he, he had multiple books. That makes more sense. The timeline wasn't lining up for me. But yeah, it's it's this weird kind of self-indulgent thing where he's drinking whiskey every night and falling to falling asleep listening to his old interviews of better times and it kind of sets this thing up where it helps you understand why <laughs> it it kind of sets up bojack horseman <laughs> <laughs> basically in, in a different life um he he ends up in a hospital and he's sitting there watching the episodes of horse around mm. his his sitcom <laughs> And and Diane's like, do you bring these DVDs around with you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it it definitely helps to kind of fill in this this feeling for us as the audience, where we're asking why the fuck would he put up with this for so long, this weird haunting shit and all this terrible stuff, and it's because he wants he wants to support his family. He also wants to be famous. He also wants to give these victims a voice. Like it's all of these things together, but. It's not just for altruistic reasons. It's not just for the best of intentions. It's also for some negative intentions, too, because clearly he's obsessed with his fame in some capacity because he's obsessed with watching himself from better days. And it just kind of sets up this idea of why he's willing to put up with this stuff for so long until it gets to a point that it's overwhelming. So so he's drinking himself to sleep and watching his old interviews. Mm -hmm. And he 
and he goes after it like you do. And he sees the, uh, he hears walking around upstairs and he gets to the attic stairs door. It's all one thing. The, and- the attic stairs door. <laughs> the security latch attic think- store, store door. Stair door. The Bilko attic door. It opens up it's, the opposite It's one direction. of those ladders that when you pull the string down, the panel comes down, and the ladder can come out with such force it cuts your head off. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite running joke in all of Simpsons. Every time he opens the attic, this, the ladder comes down, hits him in the head, and he goes, ow. <laughs> <laughs> they did it for like 14 years. <laughs> ow. Well, they've been doing everything else for like 20-something yeah. years. So. I think they hit their 30th anniversary <laughs> oh, not that long ago. Oh my god. I do know it is the longest running show on television in the world. So I believe it. Uh, anyway, so he goes up into the attic mm. and he finds the box lid <laughs> with the Oh uh, yeah, the lid. Well, that was a super important thing. It's is, ups- isn't he supposed to be an investigative journalist? <laughs> <laughs> he, so it's it's over top of a snake. That's where the right. snake comes into it. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> and he picks it up and he goes, Ugh. He's like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> oh, I don't like you. Get out of here, you. Why do I keep coming up to this attic? <laughs> Why are there so many things trying to kill me in this attic? And <laughs> he, he picks it up and the snake just slithers away. Yeah. And he doesn't do anything about it. Again, yeah. Like, if you find any kind of danger, potentially dangerous thing in your, your house... Call someone and have them look into that for you, because it's potentially dangerous. Panic ensues or something. Well, okay, so the box lid has little drawings, little stick figure drawings mm. of all of the... Uh, it's a very crude um, storyboard, yeah. like what they use to make cartoons. <laughs> but the children drew them to... Well, the, well somebody drew them. Right. Uh, it's art on my level, to... I will admit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they drew them to uh, make a storyboard of the murders that were about to occur. Mm. That had occurred previously. And in every scene, the little kids write in where Mr. Boogie is. Mr. Boogie. Mr. Boogie. (laughs) And he... Mr. Booger. Something startles him and he like starts to run towards the door (laughs) and then he falls through the floor. I think he's hearing (laughs) things. Like footsteps or something? Maybe, yeah. Like he starts running after something and <clears throat> he falls through the floor and that's where Deputy So-and-so and uh, EMT guy. the EMT guy show up. He's credited as EMT guy. Yeah. I thought that I recognized him from something, but he has literally no other credits. Mm. I thought that I didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I had no opinion. Deputy so-and-so is just like, yeah, things and things. Wait, wait he's just what? He's just what? Just like... <laughs> God, we sound like a bunch of high school girls, like, at the mall. Like... like and then like, Trevor texted at me. The mall? And, like, he was like, let's go to the dance together. And I was like, well, I'm going with Billy because he's on the football team. Like, And he said, let's go to the attic. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> the ugly one. So... <laughs> So and so, deputy so and so, deputy so and so. What's her face? The 
deputy starts talking about. <laughs> he goes, so you heard. <laughs> he didn't even have the slightest little bit of an accent of any kind, let alone that accent. <laughs> oh, something walk around your attic. No, he has a very normal voice. He's like. Uh, what you heard up there was probably a squirrel. I imagine Kitty has some kind of condition that we don't know about. Where everything that she hears from everyone is in the accent. I hope she gets hired to do voiceovers for cartoons and, and video games and stuff. Because every character she plays will be like, Oh, this is what's going to happen now. My little pony. Let's get some carrots, gals. <laughs> this is Sheriff Hoof Horse. But this was also one of my favorite parts of the movie. I need to make a comment about that. The cutie mark that has that accent. The cutie mark of the pony that has that accent. Oh no. (laughs) Would be a pistol. (laughs) Oh boy. It would be. (laughs) A revolver. The pistol would be a Colt, am I right? Hey, anybody that's listening to this podcast right now, shoot us an email and tell me you appreciated that joke. Thank you. <laughs> shoot us. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, my so, God. <laughs> but he's the uh, Ellison goes <laughs> or the, the deputy so and so goes. So you thought that you heard noises up in your attic like somebody walking around. <laughs> he goes, yeah. And I got up there. and There was a snake. And deputy so and so snakes don't have legs. Feet. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. No, snakes don't have feet. We absolutely know, de- totally deadpan and entirely serious. You wouldn't yes. hear snakes. You wouldn't hear snakes. They, they don't have feet. I want to see the bloopers from. Him and then he mentions that. scorpion. <laughs> and he says uh, there was also a scorpion. There. He's like deadpan again. Deadpan. Oh well, scorpions have feet, but you wouldn't be able to hear them walking around up there. <laughs> It's most likely squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a squirrel. You know, with these these storms we have, we probably ran in and got scared. Oh. Like I, and he's so he's so charmingly bashful about it too, because he like he because he looks away multiple times and says, yeah. "Well, probably with all the lights and everything turning off at once, they just got spooked and they, they ran around and they were running around and they were scared." And like, I just and what. And I appreciate that character. I appreciate that performance. And we find out later that part of the reason he's so deadpan is part of his personality, but also because he's a fan. Yeah, I think we actually find that out. He goes into the office. Oh, well, no, at the very beginning of the movie, the sheriff looks at him and is like, an autograph. Really? Oh, right. And so something happens in that conversation they end up in in Ellison's office. Oh, he says, "You know how in your books you always have that person that well, you say I couldn't have done this without." He didn't. There yes. it is, deputy so and so. I did that. <laughs> um, but he, he did that. He doesn't say that right away. What ends up happening is they end up in Ellison's office because Ellison was going to give him something that he found or something. I don't know, and. Oh, deputy so and so oh yeah and he walks into his he office has, has for a book. and ellison's like don't don't come into my but ellison says don't don't come into my office don't don't come in here and no seriously <laughs> deputy this is my private office you can't be in here <laughs> seriously and, 
Oh my god. <laughs> Goes in anyway. And then that's when he, he says the thing about you know how like you've always got these people like in the book and stuff and you can credit them and he's like uh, Ellison says you mean in the uh, the acknowledgements? Because yeah. he says you know how you have that page where you thank all the people that, that were really helpful to you and and you say that they, you couldn't have done it without them and he, and he says the acknowledgements <laughs> <laughs> you know that place where you acknowledge people in a book <laughs> it's just a really cute scene it like, is it's adorable it's just nice agrees and says okay well here's what i need you to do and immediately gives him a honeydew list he immediately <laughs> takes advantage of him immediately immediately uh, i feel like victor says immediately weird Am I right? Immediately. 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 Sorry, guys. Immediately takes advantage of him. (laughs) (laughs) He's all like, get me this stuff. Well, I reckon I can take care of this list for you, sir. I'm also Sean Connery a little bit. Hon (laughs) Ferrara. Whatever Vic does his impression of my impression of law enforcement. It just gets worse. Good intentions. He sounds like the guy that played Ernest playing the wiener dog in Toy Story. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm really confused. Well, he sounds going. like Ernest doing the Python Man in the Santa Claus movie. <laughs> <laughs> These are pythons back here. <laughs> oh god. So anyway. <laughs> so it's a cute scene. Really, really enjoy that actor. By far. Okay, if you enjoy Deputy So and So from this one, you have to watch Sinister Two. At some point, I'll watch it. He's the main character. I watch it at some point. Does he have that same deadpan delivery with everything? Yep. All right, then I will watch it just for him. Like so, and I'm what? But (laughs) under you, (laughs) someone came up and choked on it. (laughs) Yep, I'm being garroted right now. (laughs) Uh, good, good word choice. Thank you. Piano wire. Oh, man. So, uh, after that... <clears throat> oh, there's so many starts and stops in this. There are. So many what? Stops and starts. I know. It is going to be a bitch to edit, but... It's going to be. So, but we st- we're making some really good progress, this podcast. We are. We're doing some good, important work that's going to be helpful for, like, the future and stuff. Doing Lord's work. Oh, God. <laughs> so... <laughs> fucking aggressive with that it was weird doing the lord's work <laughs> it's I was, psycho i was trying to do my lord right, oh. voice. <laughs> See, you were doing an impression of me doing an impression of you <laughs> which is why it gets worse because we keep feeding off each other and eventually it's just going to sound like stones rubbing against each other Eventually, your heads are going to explode. I don't know. You're going to have, like, so much back feed doing each other. It's just like... <laughs> doing each I mean, we, yeah. Usually. Anyway. Gross. That's <laughs> <laughs> how we talk to each other when we're having sex. <laughs> I want to go upstairs? Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. Only if you put your penis away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh. So, the next day... I believe he starts doing research. He finds the symbol. He finds Bagul's face. 
Or I guess that technically that happens a little bit before because he makes his whole murder board. Oh, he goes outside. Isn't that the night that, or was it the next night? I think it was the next night. He went outside and finds his kid in the bushes. Finds his kid in the bushes. It's the printed out screenshot from his uh, recording of the the Super Eight film, and he's holding it up to the window, and for some reason he's in the exact same frame from same where the orientation. from where the the video was shot, which is weird. Right. Should be outside, but whatever. He's in the exact same frame, and he holds it up, and he sees where Bagul was because he blew up the image, and then he puts down the picture, and Bagul's there in the bushes, and he's like, "Okay, what?" Can I say I predicted every single yes. thing that Bagul did? Yep. The looking, <laughs> like he holds up. I mean, not like he just holds up the picture, and I said to myself, "Bagul's face is going to be there when he puts the picture mm-hmm. down." Lo and behold, and then after he paused it on the the laptop screen. He looks away for a second, and I said to myself, Bagul's going to turn on the computer screen to look at him, and he did. Yep. Every, every, it seemed like what Bagul had on screen was really predictable. All the jump scares, everything that he seemed to do was very predictable. The next day, so before before he finds his kid in the bushes, hmm. uh, his kid comes home from school. Oh, that's right. And got in trouble that, because he... That kid is a complete twat waffle, by the way. He really is. <laughs> Shut up, mom. <laughs> he got... You don't know what you're talking about, mom. She's, she's being stupid. <laughs> he got in trouble for drawing on the whiteboard in permanent marker and drawing a family hanging from a tree. <laughs> I have an argument about that. And I think that's when, when the... We didn't move in two doors away from... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's when that conversation came up. I don't believe it was then. I think the deputy comes uh, well, back a second I, he, time. Yes. And that was my second conversation with the deputy that I really liked mm-hmm. because Ellison says I don't I don't believe in the paranormal and, and all this other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and deputy so and so is like, mm-hmm, yeah, I understand you don't believe in any of that and all this, but here we are having this conversation. <laughs> and that's right after that is where it comes up that uh he figures out ellison hasn't told his wife they're living in a house where the murders happen right and deputy so-and-so in deputy so-and-so fashion goes oh man i would not want to be here for that conversation <laughs> yeah like i i like the way they set up that scene where he says you don't believe in that occult stuff and he's he responds, no, I, I don't believe in any of it. Do you? And he, straight-faced, says, yeah, I believe in all of it. I wouldn't spend one night in this house. <laughs> yep. <laughs> totally honest. And yeah, I wouldn't either. We spent an extra 20 minutes talking about how long the last podcast was. <laughs> it's not getting any better. It's not. Ironic. It's getting worse. Okay, so Deputy comes back. They have a conversation. It's super fun. And he says about, does she know whose house you're living in? Referring to his wife. And he says, no. And that's when he says, oh, I wouldn't want to be around for that conversation. And Ellison's like, and Ellison says, I wouldn't either. Which, I I get it. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also <laughs> yeah. your fault entirely. She is British. <laughs> and she's about to tear him a new 
So anyway, they <laughs> they're having this conversation about whether or not either of them want to be present for the conversation about them living in the murder house. Mm. And I lo- like I seriously love when he's looking over his shoulders when he's what is she in, is she in the house like kind of a thing you can't see what i'm doing but no. deputy so-and-so starts looking over his it looks like this everybody <laughs> that's what kitty's doing right now this but deputy so-and-so is looking around the room as though she's crowling 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 crowly <laughs> crowling, crouching in the corner there was one thing that we skipped and it was just one scene and it kind of leads into what we're about to talk about, which is why I, I want to mention it. There's a point where he keeps waking up in the middle of the night to the sound of the projector running. And he keeps going into his office that he locked, goes into his office, which he locked the night before or before going to bed, finding it open, finding the projector running. And he goes in there every time, and pretty much every time that inner monologue goes, wait a minute, hang on here. <laughs> Something's not right. And he grabs his bat and starts walking around the house. <laughs> but... There's a scene where he he does that same thing third or fourth night that happens. And he starts walking around the house to see if it could have been a little kid. And I think that's the scene when he's walking through the house and all the little kids are following him. And then he Is this, this is this before later. or after the attic scene? Okay. He walks into the little girl's room, opens the door and looks and he sees her in there facing her painting and laying on her bed facing away from him so he can't see her but he sees her shift and he's like okay she's in there and he, he thinks to himself i assume he thinks to himself she's in there she's okay everything's fine and he leaves and we see from her perspective she's terrified looking at the little girl who's doing the shh motion and oh, she looks right, super right, creepy right, and that scene almost, probably is one of my most terrified scenes in this movie like it was the, one of the scariest scenes in the movie because like i remember being a little kid and being so scared to move because I thought I saw something or my, my imagination went crazy. But imagine being a little kid who actually sees something terrifying and not wanting to move and not being able to call out for help. It was. Um, I remember being that little kid. Yeah, it's uh, terrifying. That scene freaking. And me out. I'm certain it was all in my mind. But as a little kid, you don't know. Yeah, that, yeah, so. you can't discern that. That little girl or Samantha also painted that little girl's family hanging from the tree. Yeah. on the wall right next to where Samantha was laying. So yeah. um but <clears throat> I wanted to go back to we had missed something. He whenever he gets pulled gets like falls, falls down through the floor <clears throat> he has his camera recording on his phone because he was trying to get video of I think the the drawing. Okay, this the, is what I was asking about. I, I yeah. And he was going back through and watching it and in the video he sees the hands of children pulling on him so they all pulled on him simultaneously and that's why he fell through the floor right because they were putting so much pressure on him that doesn't make any fucking sense because he's using a cell phone cell phones are flat so whenever he's your throat keeps yeah, it, gurgling. It's while, really fucking frustrating. While you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> so the scene, it doesn't make any sense. Cell phones are flat, and he's using it to record. He's recording the the stick figures, and then he he's walking and using the light, and he, he thinks he hears something, and he goes to look at the box, and as he's walking back, that's when he falls to the floor, and then when he's going back to look at this footage, he's in frame in his cell phone footage after dropping his cell phone. 
but that would require his cell phone to land on one of the thinnest sides on profile like it would have stood up which doesn't make any sense i like, thought he was still i'm bored with this rationalization <laughs> i thought he was still holding it in, uh, until he was partway down or something maybe i thought he dropped it though maybe i'm just maybe i'm wrong maybe I'm misremembering maybe he was holding his hand and that's but then his arms are super fucking long then because the the scene that he's looking at is really far eh, whatever it's fine i'm i'm, I'm sorry i, I brought fine. up the Everything's argument fine. um i'm sorry i brought up the argument without more i don't care i don't even care <laughs> your catchphrase so <clears throat> yes so those scenes are great and that night he is like a couple nights later he is when he sees his son out in the the bushes and he goes outside and the dog's out there and he has the uh, the baseball bat. <laughs> I guess it is the dog, but we don't know where it came. Yeah, <laughs> the only dog, really. The only dog in the movie. Just the one dog. It's just the one dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like yelling at the dog to go away, and the kids are all standing behind him. Yeah, and it's hard. Yeah. Oh, uh, that that part in the attic that you were just talking about, uh-huh. Kate. I did not notice the kids. I I didn't notice the kids at first. He's still holding his phone. Okay. Are you looking it up now? I did look it up, but I can't find the part where they're pulling him through the... Okay, so I, I rescind my... They are pushing him down because they live in the attic with the snake and their scorpion, which would be a great children's book. <laughs> it's just their hands coming up, though. To be pushing, uh... they would have to be in the ceiling of the attic. <laughs> Baloney, I says. <laughs> they're pushing from below him. <laughs> then he would go up, not down. <laughs> but... Anyway, they... (laughs) Listeners, you decide. He gets his wife to put Trevor back to bed. And for some reason, whenever I hear the name Trevor, all I can think about is the frog from Harry Potter. I think about the guy from The World's End. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You said quite enough, Trevor. (laughs) Trevor! That's what I think of. I think of Neville Longbottom saying Trevor. Okay. But so Neville Longbottom is that what you said? That isn't what I just said. I'm going to have my last name changed from Cauldron to Longbottom. <laughs> I cannot wait to be Max Longbottom. <laughs> Max Longest Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> the next night, I believe, is when the sheriff comes out to talk to him after all that shit happens, and he tells him about. <laughs> We are third time because it was just that good. No. He's he's like, did anything? <laughs> I imagine he didn't do this, but I imagine I'm like looking beside his side. Did anything weird happen in this house? <laughs> Have there been any squirrels or ghosts in this house? Yes. Um, Does your wife know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's when very shortly after the deputy leaves. He comes out and she's been writing outside, or the daughter's been writing outside of her bedroom walls, which, uh, the hallway, I guess. And um, the the mom's like, come in here, Allison. Like, we need to get into this. We need to, you know, reprimand her. Like, what, what did I tell you? And I thought, I thought it was going to be like, I didn't do it. The little girl drew it. And she kind of starts to do that. And then she's like, oh, I did it. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> and she's like, but it was, it. I, the little girl who lived here before me said i couldn't draw in there anymore because that was her brother's room she doesn't want me drawing in there and that's when the mom's like oh fuck 
Yeah. It's all coming together now. So <clears throat> if you want to if you want some backstory on the little girl and why she did what she did, you need to watch the second movie. Ah. Not just for Deputy so and so, but it also explains kind of what's going on more. Okay. In a good way? Like a way that is beneficial to have it explained? Yes. Okay. The wife whose name I can't remember. She shuffles Ellison into their bedroom and makes <laughs> wife so and so. Yeah. <laughs> makes their daughter go into her room and she goes over what every sane person would you didn't tell me you didn't want to know okay that's not fair i would want to know like if we were living okay okay in the house i'm sorry can i interject yeah she did say she did specifically she didn't want to know but she said but that she didn't i'm not defending ellison's not telling her like he fucking knew you know, mm. they weren't moving two houses down. They're in the fucking house. Yeah, and that's the thing. She, she did say that factually, but that's she said that she he should have goddamn well known what he meant. She meant. Yeah. I meant. She said that she didn't want to know if they moved in two doors down. So Tracy, her name's Tracy. Mm. They have that argument, and then I think that night he hears he he throws everything out. He takes everything and he he burns it or something. Because that's the night. That's the night he finally watches the episode. The episode. He watches the lawnmower one, and he hears noises, and or he goes and burns it because it, it freaks him out, understandably. And or does, he doesn't go and burn it yet. He packs it. He, Listeners, I'm so yeah. sorry for our lack of time. No, he, I, I'm really sorry. He, he packed it all <laughs> up into new. a box. He pa- like packed everything up into a box and put it away. And I think his his intention was to take it to um, the the police department the next day. But he just packs it all up because he doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. And he, I think he woke up that night because Samantha came into the room with the flashlight and the, oh. Because somebody came into the room with the flashlight and the, I'm guessing the camera. And filmed him and then walked out of the room and that woke him up. Because I very distinctly remember him sitting up and his wife had her arm around him. Mm. And or I said to Vic, you know, if you woke up like that, I'm a deep sleeper. But that would wake me up. I was able... And his wife was like, sweetie, just come back to bed. There's no ghost and our daughter isn't going to kill us. (laughs) But... That's a very specific thing to say. She, right. didn't, she didn't even do, she didn't even wake up. Mm-hmm. Like, she just laid there like a dead fish and didn't do anything. And so. <laughs> she I think there's plenty of other things that, that lay around. Yeah, that she's laying fish. there like a sleeping person, for example. Like a pillow, like a mattress on the floor, like a blanket that got tossed in the corner. Like a bunch of scratchy like lottos. trash in the garbage. Like. <laughs> like a dead fish. And she. <laughs> He goes walking around the house, and the my this was one of my favorite scenes. The director of photography in this movie, like this, was it for me. Um, he's walking around the house, looking outside, and and behind him, the one little girl is up on the the table, and she's crouching, and she leaps into a shadow and just fucking disappears, yeah. and. 
There's the softest thud, and he looks over right after it happens, yeah. and then it goes back to what he was doing. The sound design was really, really good. With the that. sound design was um, really good. I, the I, use of shadows was really good. They did a. F- can I say that the the sound and the atmosphere of this movie? Well, it came, uh, what, 15 years before his house. Mm. But it also had very excellent, just just putting the mood of yeah. horror out there. Yep. Um, and, and, like, you never really get a chance to relax, you know, even even when things are calm. Uh, but he starts walking through the house, and the the kids from the movies start showing up in places. Mm-hmm. And the kids that disappeared after their family's murder. Yeah, and he, they hop through the shadows and run around behind him, and uh, Yakety Yak starts playing in the background, and they <clears throat> he ends up going and. Are you serious? What? Are you serious? No, but no, then, that was a joke. Yak- Yakety Yak. That, that was a joke. Oh, that was um, that's, that's Yakety a they might be giant right. song. Yakety yak, you don't. Go That's back. the one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different. So then he goes and he falls asleep on the couch with the bat on his lap. And I think that's when the office. I fell asleep with a bat on my lap last night. <laughs> if you know what I mean. But I think that next day is the day that the the uh, officer so and so comes back over and he gets him in touch with this. Uh, doctor of the occult at a I was wondering when you were going to bring him up because yeah they, they had a good com- go ahead no that's fine uh, they start having a conversation and on there. I love that actor yeah he's um, he's very good he's in law and order criminal intent he's in he's in a bunch of shit but Jurassic Park wait Jurassic World Jurassic World <laughs> um, wait was he Dr. Hammond <laughs> no <laughs> no Actually, Doctor, Han- you know, he wasn't a doctor. He was Mister Hammond. Um, he uh, Daredevil. Who who was he in Jurassic World? Uh, he played exactly who you'd expect. He's, he played a bad guy yeah. in Jurassic World. He. I'm asking you who it was because I haven't really watched it. He was the guy that was trying to get Chris Pratt to make the Raptors into war machines. And uh, okay. He was any governmental institute that wants to weaponize some kind of thing in a movie, like yeah. from any movie. <sighs> But let's weaponize this lava and use it for the military. Let's weaponize this. <laughs> it's hot lava. <laughs> so he, he shows up and he starts telling Ellison about the Bagul. Hmm. And I just love his voice. Bagul, Bagul. Bagul, Bagul. The Bagul. Bagul. He looks a lot like the Scarecrow from Supernatural. Oh, he does a bit. Which is one of their best fucking episodes. It was. And <clears throat> uh, so he starts telling him <laughs> a little bit about the Bagul. And I think that's when he makes the decision to burn all the shit because he tells he tells him about the images and how there's not many images left and this is when the lore really starts like this is when the lore yes, comes together in a way that to i pick it up really appreciate this it's such a small aspect of this movie but they really weave it together in a way i appreciate it so much he talks about how there aren't very many images left of the ghoul because they believed that he lived in the images and viewing them was how he subtly started to break you down and possess you. So they started to just destroy these images, which is such a cool idea. And they said that he, um, he corrupts one child out of a family 
and then demands a blood sacrifice in order to take that child. And the blood sacrifice is them murdering their entire family so that he can then take that child and feed off of them. And like this, it all comes together to be a really cool lore that fits really well and is 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 really organic and feels real like it feels like something that's when ellison makes the decision to go and burn all of the images yeah. of the the bagul sometime and, after that yeah uh he <laughs> he takes them out lights them on fire and then his wife comes out and goes ellison what are you doing and he's like i'm burning these things and we're gonna go <laughs> get the kids okay and okay. Can I, <laughs> let me let me read back backtrack uh he's he doesn't say that he says get the kids we put them in the car and she's like i'm sorry what's going on he's like get the kids and put her in the car do it now yeah wow i peed way on audacity wow i peed <laughs> i yelled so hard i peed yes uh, but so. I, I just want to point out really quick that I think it's it's a really nice touch that he douses the already highly flammable film Super with right. with lighter fluid from like a Bic lighter. And then he throws a match in and it does like fireball flashpoint in his face. And he goes, eh. it was just a really nice touch that it was very real. Yes. Uh, so they get the kids together pack up a couple of their things get in the car and speed away and they get pulled over by uh so he, he does get pulled over by the sheriff and the sheriff goes and you know, i'm writing you a ticket for speeding <laughs> take it away kitty <laughs> <laughs> he, ellison i'm leaving the earth well, now <laughs> You say, as you're getting pulled up to the ceiling. <laughs> By being pushed Goodbye. down. <laughs> so they're speeding out of town. Literally speeding. And yes, literally. the sheriff, sheriff is all so like, and, so. and I'm saying this intentionally, <laughs> sheriff is all like, nope. Pulls him over. <laughs> I don't know how King County, Pennsylvania works, but I know in other counties, they... The sheriff generally doesn't do traffic stops. They don't really do much of anything no, with the normal they are, public. They, it's up it's up to the state it, police. Well it, it's it's so complicated. God bless United States <laughs> jurisdictions. State um, police can pull people over anywhere. Certain boroughs can only pull people over in certain boroughs. <laughs> but um sheriff's departments sometimes have strange jurisdictions and it just depends on what the state police are handling themselves or like what they've agreed to share with the sheriff's office. So you can definitely get pulled over for speeding by the sheriff's you ask, office. They have the ability and, and the jurisdiction to do that. Like the, and, and I'm not saying that they can't pull you over. I'm just saying that they don't typically, usually the sheriff's department is responsible for, criminal transport for yes, arresting people child that custody have stuff. outstanding warrants like that kind yes. of thing serving warrants on people wow. yeah yeah and um they they do have different responsibilities which are just as important yes but, um, it's just you know the state police handle yeah state matters not county which is it's it's yeah it, i'm pretty sure that any any of the cops are able to to pull you over at any point i think it just I, I, any person in a, in a car that has 
police, sheriff, deputy, state police, federal can pull you over for Even fire marshal. So. Rangers, I believe, fire. can. Well, fire marshal could if he thought you were a fire hazard. <laughs> um, or if anyway. you were a fire. So. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought. Uh, sir, can I help you tonight? Well, officer, I am on fire at the moment. <laughs> I would appreciate if you can get a, a truck out here and just hose me down. Sir, you are Arrest a fire hazard. I am arresting you. <laughs> are you saying I'm hot, officer? Is that you are on saying? fire! <laughs> so the sheriff pulls them over and he goes, he says something to the effect of, you're in a hurry or something like that. And <laughs> <laughs> Did he say it like that? Are you sure? He didn't go, well, you're in a mighty fine hurry. You're not. <laughs> I tried so hard not to do it. <laughs> but this is also one of the points where I respected this shit. Yeah, because they were going over the speed limit to just get the hell out and back to their old house. And, uh, oh, well, he says, so, I, I yeah, like you, I forget exactly what he says, but Ellison's like, there isn't going to be a book. Yeah, he eventually says there's there, not There's not going to be any book. And the sheriff is like, now listen, if you have been mistreated, and that's why you're leaving town. I want to know. Yeah. Well, he says that first because he says, I don't want you writing bad shit about us in your book. That's not what he says, but right. something, I'm paraphrasing. And, and he, he says, I'm taking your advice, Sheriff, and we're getting out of here as fast as we can. And he goes, well, I don't see any reason to get your signature on this. And he tears up the speeding ticket, wow. hands it to him, and he's like, just keep it under 60 until you're out of the county line. Then you're somebody else's problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and, it, that made me really well, respect the sheriff whenever he, he says, now, you haven't been bullied out of the town, have you? And exactly. I, and, yep. and Ellison's... If you've been mistreated, uh, I want to know Ellison's about it. Ellison's like, what? Like, he he thinks that for one second the sheriff might have some idea of what's going on. And, uh, but yeah, I, I really liked that scene. Uh, so they, they take off, and I can't remember if it was before or after the sheriff, but... Samantha asks where they're going. I don't know if that's her name. I might be getting her name wrong this whole time. <laughs> Let but me look it up. <laughs> she, they, she or the wife asks where they're going, and he says we're going home, and she says home, home, like you promised, like you promised, and and he says yes, and so they get back to their house. Their house is gorgeous, mm. by the way. It is. It's like a nice, like Victorian style. It's like house. a mansion. It's huge. No wonder they're so poor they when he used to write textbooks for money yeah well and probably kentucky blood or whatever kentucky fried blood <laughs> oh my god okay the daughter's name is ashley <laughs> samantha it's ashley. ashley same thing really <laughs> listeners anytime you've heard samantha in this this podcast it has been ashley actually. can you just do a find and replace on audio is that how that works <laughs> I'm gonna go through. I, and just I have tried. I myself saying Ashley over top of you, but I'll have to be like, and Ashley. This is gonna be like a robot voice, <laughs> and that's when he finds it's Ashley. Like, <laughs> they get back to their house, and the wife is like, "Yeah, Trevor should start sleeping just fine now that he's back in his own room." Oh, oh he will, and. Uh. He keeps getting calls. I didn't mean to laugh about that, but I did. <laughs> Ellison keeps getting calls from Deputy So and So. Yeah, multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Kind of stalker. Yes, and he should have picked up on the first ring. Are you serious? 
He was trying to save his life. I know, but it just felt stalkery. It just, I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, fuck you. You're annoying me even though you're trying to save us. I'm sorry, but you have to stop Three calling. times in one day? That's a lot, okay? But then he picks up on the first call from the the uh, cult professor man. He called him. And it was a Skype thing. Remind me never to try to save your life. Wait, are you talking to Kitty or Vic or Max? Uh, <laughs> Or Victor Max. <laughs> Victor Max. I was talking to Kitty because she's still saying that the deputy was being a stalker for trying to call Ellison to tell him that he may have actually just put himself in the exact situation to be murdered. Because he's being... Un- <laughs> was that after he talked to the professor or before? Well, Victor, I have to say, if Kitty's life is in danger, so is yours. <laughs> so, um, Theoretically. Wow. So he talks to... I'm sorry, did I just blow your no, mind? No, I'm sorry. Like, I was. Can you hear the, the sleet? Oh. Yes, I can, okay. actually. It's beating against my window okay. right now. So he goes up into the attic to take a box up there. Yes. And whenever he walks upstairs, he sees the box of the home box. movies. Oh, shit. Oh, darn. Sugar snaps. So. Oh, blimey. Sugar he, snaps and razor blades. He grabs it. He brings it downstairs. That's a great aim for a band. <laughs> He grabs it. He grabs the box and he brings it downstairs. And that's he, never gone poorly for him. Yeah. <laughs> and he dumps it out and finds a small tin with more film that says <laughs> extended cuts. <laughs> well, I gotta know what this is. The bagul is just like, ha, 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 you haven't seen these parts. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Order now and you'll get death. So. So he watches them. Of course he does. And it's the extended cut of the murder yes. films. Yes. And it shows, like, the whole mystery with these <laughs> murders is that these people moved into a house, got scared, or whatever, moved back to their old house, and then they were brutally murdered except for one child in the family. And the professor guy from Professor of Ghosts study faces said that Bagul takes children. See. They're particularly susceptible to his image, his influence, and when he takes them for the blood sacrifice, he feeds on them to sustain his life, I guess. And it's a very Coraline-ish story. Do you like the movie Coraline? I do. Yeah. It's an excellent movie, but it's very similar to that. It is. And I um, had a point. I just don't remember what it was. So I'm regretting starting to talk. Bye. Why well, did you just stop? <laughs> uh, Victor, just just get off the podcast. Can Like me and Kitty can finish yeah. this up. Right now. Okay, we I'm going to go to bed. Do we have popsicles? All right. We do have popsicles. I'm going to have popsicles. So he... You have juice that's not frozen yet. That's just a popsicle in the bud. <laughs> did you... Wow, did I just kill this podcast? I think I did. Did you say popsicle in the butt? In the bud. Uh, bud. Uh. I thought you said in the butt too, and I got really concerned. That's <laughs> just a popsicle in the butt. A popsicle in the butt. It's the best Dude, way to take popsicles. How that has anything to do with anything. Oh my god. What is wrong? Why do people listen to us? 
I because they're just as damaged as we are. So because they laugh along with us, because they know what it's like to have idiots for friends. They're not they laughing at idiots. us; they're laughing with us. So, <laughs> after he finishes watching the extended cuts, Deputy So and So calls him again, and he finally picks up. Oh, real quick! I just I remembered what I was going to say. <laughs> Is the the most poorly concealed twist ever it yeah nothing to figure it yeah. out at all at all anyway sorry and deputy so-and-so is like oh he deputy so-and-so says oh you you stop things. don't <laughs> just speak y'all done move back to your old house did you move there. i was trying to tell you not to do that <laughs> and he goes yeah, we did. And he's like, "Oh, you finished the cycle too soon." And so, if if this if this killer is still out there, then you have accelerated his time plan. Yes, and you're fitting right yes. into his it. time plan. His time plan. What time? time Timeline. His time uh, stories. Uh, time. Time. What's what's the proper timeline? What, what do you itinerary? Timeline. Kill itinerary. <laughs> timeline was also a great movie. I recommend it. And he hangs up the phone with him and he turns around and the daughter's standing in the doorway and she goes, I like the longer versions better. And then he, he, oh, before that, he goes, Samantha. Ashley. Oh my God. Ashley. <laughs> oh my God. Ashley. <laughs> he, he picks up the, you are goat laughing in the back. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, so he takes a sip of his coffee and then he looks down into it and there's like antifreeze or something in it. Yeah. yeah. And he hears her say that, the the extended cut version thing's better. And she <laughs> The EXT. <laughs> And he falls to the floor and starts foaming at the mouth, but yeah. somehow the radioactive arsenic that she put in his coffee didn't actually kill him. Yeah. He passes out and then he wakes up and he's all hogtied with duct tape and so is his wife and Trevor, presumably. <laughs> the little girl walks up with a hatchet. Um, no. No, it's, it's a an full axe. on axe. Axe. What's the difference? Uh, can I? Okay, allow me to. Max, you take this um, one. A hatchet. I will. Victor, I didn't need you to tell me that. I was going to do it. But, but no, um, yes, you did. I, I, I need validation. I need constant validation. You're doing a great um, job. Thank you. Um, a hatchet is a handheld version of an axe. So it's, it's like, like the like Game Boy TV. version of the Nintendo 64. Basically, yes. An axe is like a two handed weapon. And so she lifts it up and swings it and down. And this is my favorite line of the movie. Daddy, don't worry. I will make you famous again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. And suddenly you have, have flashbacks to all the shit that happened with her and then the thing that she said in the car. Don't worry, home like you promised. And so... It's all well and good, and then it's not anymore, and she kills her whole family and paints her pictures with their blood on the walls. Yes. Yes. And then she walks... No, she... 
when she walks back in afterwards and she's standing in front of the the projector playing the kids on the screen and they all walk down this hallway and they're looking at her through the screen somehow and she's looking at them and then the ghoul comes up behind her and the kids all run away mm-hmm. and which they're scared which they should be um because he is devouring their yes. souls yeah in the very afterlife. clearly even though they're ghosts they're very clearly being like diminished um, I just want to say that we we skipped over something. It's not super important, but it was something I wanted to mention. There's a point where Ellison, I think it's the last time that he hears something in the attic, and he goes to look, and he sees all the children sitting in front of the projector. Oh, yeah. And they're all just hanging out there, and he's like, what? And they all turn around and go. Yeah, they're like, shh. And the, the projector is showing the ghoul, like he's on the projector screen. And then I turned to Kitty and I was like, this is a really cool scene. I really hope they don't end it with a jump scare. And I knew they were going to. And they did. I don't think he even finished that sentence. Yeah. The ghoul jumps out of nowhere. Dude, I called it, man. I called it. It's so frustrating. I was like watching like, the camera zoom out and I'm like, uh, here comes Bagul. He's going to put his face mm-hmm. right in front of the camera. Which means it can be, a, well, I guess he was on screen and then also in his face. But I guess that was a dream sequence or something. I don't know. But. It was frustrating, but... Alright, okay. so... Oh, here we are. Folks, we are at the rating section of our... our well, podcast. it's been a long road. Approximately six fortnights. Three and a half fucking hours. <laughs> uh, Max, it was your choice, so you go first. What was your favorite part of the movie? I did not choose this movie. I swear you did. Okay, never mind. Um, no, I didn't. Have. It was Kitty's just, choice. Back that up. Uh, Kitty, this is your choice. Why don't you uh, start? Um... Favorite part. My favorite part was Deputy So-and-so. Deputy So-and-so. I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, we're probably all going to have the same thing, but I... I, You know what? No, I'm not going to pick the same thing. I really, really liked the lore that they built into this movie. It was really good, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was my favorite. The lore. Thought it was really good. Max? My favorite part was also um, Deputy So-and-So, but it was when uh, Ellison was talking about the weird sounds in his attic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. My least favorite part is Trevor. Mm. Okay. Yes. (laughs) All right. Um, Nick, what was your least favorite part? My least favorite part was every time Bagul shows up, it's a, a letdown and predictable, and it's frustrating. Max, okay. what was your least favorite part? I'm a little tired, all right? <sighs> okay, I really did like this movie. I do. I, I it's We're a not good to that movie, part yet. But, no, but I'm saying I, I agree with Victor. Um the part that I disliked the most was just anytime Bagul showed up on the screen, including the end, which knocks off two stars to their writing right off the bat, is that it was predictable. Mm. Um, I saw every time Bagul was coming. I, I it, it wasn't a shock to me. My scariest part was probably I can I guess what ones are are you guys' scariest parts? Yes. Can I do please. it right now? 
before sure. I say mine. If okay. that counts as your scariest moment, then please I think guess. that Vic's scariest part was the little girl in the bedroom. Yep. With Samantha. Ashley. Oh my god. <laughs> with Ashley. This is why I don't Ashley, bother saying not names. Samantha. <laughs> oh my god. And I think that Max's scariest part was the lawnmower part. <laughs> Kitty, you nailed it. Yes. Why? We don't have to talk about I it. I know what <laughs> your yeah, scariest parts are. I don't know what mine is. I'm going to um, guess what your scariest part is. It was the part with the dog because he was afraid it was going to die. He was afraid it was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to bash his head in he with that He talked about it. Uh, I think that it was actually when they show Bagul in the pool. <laughs> That'd be a great name for a band. Bagul in the pool. Like a Dr. Seuss Bagul in the pool wasn't very cool. Alright, my rating for the, the movie as a whole, I give an 8 out of 10. It's a great movie. It's really good. The story's good. The lore's good. The character's good. The acting is decent. Trevor's a dick. I don't like him. But everything else is pretty good. <laughs> it's actually, it's pretty scary. The creature is scary. <laughs> I mean, I would argue that Ashley's more of a dick, perhaps. Probably. We've been giving Trevor so much <laughs> shit this whole time and Ashley murdered her whole fucking family. <laughs> he, that, that's, that, it, yeah, that's my rating. For overall movie scary rating, I give Vic. What was your rating overall? I'm actually gonna give it a six out of ten. Overall, I think it's a good movie, but I have some issues with it. Max. Well, not to sound like a copycat, but six out of ten. All right. Scary rating. So my scary rating, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Uh, I think that the premise is really creepy. And I think that, like, it's absolutely horrifying. We, we're we a nuclear family here. We have two children. And I am nuclear powered. Yes. We are radioactive <laughs> arsenic. And, <laughs> and so it it's horrifying to me to think that something could possess one of my children into murdering us all in a horrific way. So. <laughs> I think one of your children is. I was gonna say I'm not. So. I wouldn't they be all that are. surprised. I think I, I, the blade would cut me, and I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Uh, okay. <laughs> They're so cute. I don't know. <laughs> My scary rating. I'm gonna give a five out of ten because there were a few moments in this movie that I was genuinely freaked out, and the the feeling of dread and pacing is really good throughout the movie, but it never really pays off. There aren't many moments that are really terrifying. There are moments that when you put yourself in the position of the character, it's kind of creepy because those movies and stuff are, are really fucked up. But I didn't really feel like I was genuinely terrified very often. But I did think it was creepy. Max. Max. All right. I, I'm going to... Thank you. Um, I'm going to agree with Victor in the sense that um, there, there wasn't really anything about this movie that I was like, oh shit, except for the lawnmower yeah. film. Much like his house, they managed to cultivate a scary, just constant undertone of horror. Mm. Especially when he was watching the homemade videos. So I give it an eight out, eight, eight, eight out of eight. 10, oh wow! Okay. Um, for scariness, yeah, yeah, it's a little high. Um, but apart from the the shit I didn't like about this movie, the scary parts really good. Yeah, yeah. 
like I said, the pacing in this is really good, and I'm I'm for me a good scary movie starts with the pacing, and this was very well executed. Just a reminder, really quick, before we decide what movie we're doing next week, um, I wanted to remind people we do have a Patreon. You can go and support us there. But one really free way that you can support us is to, one really free way. Yeah, is it's very free. Is to just keep listening to our episodes, share us with your friends, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, do all those kinds of things, and um, also give us reviews on iTunes. And if you give us a five-star review, we do read our five-star reviews on air. So there's that. Uh, I think that was all that I had to say on the business end of things. Vic, you get to pick for next week. I sure do. I've had a lot of different ideas bouncing around, and I've really been trying to narrow them down. But there's a movie uh, that came out recently that I am genuinely interested in, and it's uh, within the past two months. It is called The Color Out of Space, and it is featuring (laughs) Nicolas Cage. Cage. (laughs) No, and it is is based off of a H.P. Lovecraft story, which is one of my... It came out in 2019. Really? Yeah. It was just being advertised like two months ago. It, yeah, I don't know why. Weird. Oh, well, maybe it was pushed off because of the pandemic or something. Maybe. Uh, maybe it re-released. I don't know. My mistake. All, um, but I love this story. Color of Space. If you, if you listener, don't know it, please go and find either uh, a dramatic reading or find the audiobook or find the, the actual story. I believe most, most of them are in the public domain now, so they should be free. Um, uh, just as kind of an aside, as of today, December 16th, when we were recording this um it is available on shutter and you can also rent it on youtube and google play so just a heads up that it's not like available on netflix or anything unfortunately oh dear indeed most indeedly but i i am so excited to see nicholas cage in this setting with this movie all right so thanks again for listening guys really appreciate it and we will catch you next week Listen, listeners, I really do appreciate that you listen yes. <laughs> to our rambling. Yeah, there's and lots of Take it. care. I hope you have a really good day. I do. And Aww. we'll see you That's next time. That's a nice time. message. So, yeah, we'll see you next time. Please check out A Color Out of Space and listen to our podcast next time to hear our thoughts on that. Yes, please. Bye. Bye.